Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Canadian Gardening. Happy Canada Day weekend. And uh, Brian has promised us a whack of great Canadian tunes. Actually, I went to see April Wine there a couple of weeks ago. Great Canadian rocker. And I was down in the States this week. Um, I was down in Pennsylvania. What a beautiful countryside just to cruise oh, around on. Wow. Gorgeous. So nice. But I play, I was playing April Wine on Spotify for the guys down there. And there's like, wow, that's good stuff. <laughs> like, well, that's 50 years old, that stuff. We have stuff. good talent up here. Exactly. <laughs> but it's amazing how big they are up here. And they still sometimes don't get to uh, share that They're beautiful like music. Secret. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, looking forward to today. Great gardening weather out there. Beautiful. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Joanna Chudy is with Thanks me for today. Me. Beautiful Sunday. Absolutely. I feel like we've had some good sunny, sunny radio programs together lately. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> Maybe rain the rest of the week and then we come on for the show and it's beautiful. Yeah, I know lots of great stuff happening out there. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous weather. We're very fortunate to have a nice Canada Day in our city and uh and all around. So yep, yep. good to get out, do some gardening. Seeing lots of a um, little bit of remnants of winter kill. Yeah. On uh, and we just got a text that says my forsythia is four years old, has bare branches and leaves, and very at the very end I gave it some Rage Plus in May and have sprayed pure spray green and watered as well. Anything else? The only thing I do is cut out some of that dead stuff. Any if your tree and shrubs have um, dead branches and things, it's best to get it removed because um, what it is is it the tree is using up energy trying to bring that stuff back to life. Mm-hmm. So you're just much better to just. Start fresh, cut out some of that dead stuff. And on that one, because it looks like it is it is a bit spindly, but you're in gravel as well, like a rundle. So, again, really good fall watering on those. It looks fairly wide open, exposed, black rundle on the bottom, on the base. So Makes it nice and warm, right? Yeah, yep. but, but it also dries it right out. It so can, yeah. it's really important to do your um, September, October watering, put the hose on that one individually. Irrigation system isn't enough on those ones. Just put the hose on there, really slow trickle, let it soak into the into the thing, yep, into the ground. Yeah, before the season's over. Um, with forsythia, I have noticed too, if you're starting to see it get really leggy, which they can get quite large, these shrubs, go ahead and just... Um, do the old rejuvenation. In yeah, the even fall. it up, right? Yep. Even take that whole thing down to two or three feet. Shape it a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then it'll also it'll send up all new growth in the spring. Yeah, so don't be afraid to do that as well. Like yeah. absolutely, because Rage Plus is great. Um, but again, when you're in the black rundle like that, it just it does need a little extra water. It looks like it's on a bit of a hill, um, so it will it'll eat up that water and that ground will heat up nice and mm-hmm. hot, which is great um, as long as it has sufficient. Yes. But I think the theme of our day today might be watering. Yeah, even watering after techniques. the rain that we had, though, it's <laughs> yeah. still amazing how fast it's gone. If you have a slope to your property, which almost all of us do for positive drainage, you really have to keep an eye on maybe you're getting enough water in those lower areas of your property after two weeks of really heavy rain. <laughs> yeah. But is that enough? It, it doesn't. If you have newly planted trees, it's still not even close no, to enough. no. It's like bringing home a newborn and just leaving it in the crib and ignoring it. You really have to get the bottom of that root ball nice and damp. So no. it really has to tr- low, slow trickle, right? Absolutely. Slow trickle at each one. If you're doing mass plantings like a drip system or or those tree bags are great for individual. Mm-hmm. But 
and you have to be diligent and it's and it's a lot of work watering if you especially if you're planting a lot of trees at one time it's a lot of work yep. proper irrigation you and have again, to plan your time you have to time manage that make sure you're around make sure you get everything watered in really well it could mean life or death for those trees and shrubs that you're putting absolutely. in right and now it's the design of the irrigation system and i know we've gone through a bit of this and some projects and and seeing things happen and mm-hmm. um just trying to blanket water a lot of times doesn't work it, putting a, an emitter, if you're doing lots of trees at one time, lot, we like to design very similar to what I have at the tree lot, uh, an emitter at each tree, that mm-hmm. way you're not wasting your water, and it goes right down and soaks in nice and deep into each root ball. Just water in the top, it'll soak in the first one or two inches, but it's not getting down deep. It's not enough. Because yeah. you, you're digging a hole a foot or too deep, depends, yep. or a yep. caliper tree three to four feet. Yep, really deep watering is like, just think leaky faucet. That's kind of what you want to run. Drip, drip, drip. drip. <laughs> and we have, a, we have a great text message. I'd like to change the underground sprinkling system in, in the bed. He's talking about a, la- a raised landscaping bed. Yeah. Will it significantly damage the plant roots? I would say no, because most, um, most good irrigation systems, you're running a two-inch um, pipe through, and it's just trenched through. So you can go around trees you can go around existing plant systems uh or rooting root systems and from the photo that you sent in it looks really nice there's a stand of um, some poplars there's some shrubs in there lots of beautiful rock work so sometimes people will go right behind a retaining wall like past your your uh gravel backfill on your wall isn't that a gorgeous that's almost like an arboretum eh? yeah it is and the other question was um good morning of a raised landscaping bed in our backyard i'm hoping you can help me with two items so they're looking at um how to get the irrigation in there without damaging what's in there as already and i think that's the only question um maybe some low shrubs in there too if you guys wanted to Add a bit more feature to it, plant your understory shrubs, so things that'll max out about four feet tall or lower, so spirea, um, dwarf burning bush. Yeah, it um, depends on what shade they're getting to. Like, yeah, hydrangeas um, would be beautiful Yeah, in there. Annabelle's would do great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just give you some nice feature. And uh, quite a few rocks they got in there, which is nice yeah, too. love that. A bit more... Yeah, lots of great. What's more low maintenance than a feature boulder? <laughs> yeah, pretty easy maintenance. <laughs> but people, like people always ask me, Joanna, we need low maintenance. Like we we don't spend any, we don't want to spend any time working in the we yard. We get some so great. We get some, some great. boulders. <laughs> but they do. They add life to a bed too, just like a tree. Like you mix yeah. in. I had a couple. We were walking around the tree lot uh, two days ago, and they had some clump aspen and a mountain pine, and they're adding. They're doing a nice little native Beautiful. clump. God, hey, love it. And I said, add a couple boulders. Yeah. That, there's nothing that looks better, like a couple, couple clump aspens. So easy to care for. Water those pine. trees in, and then they'll, they'll be established eventually, and you don't really have to worry about those very much. And it, you know, that, that rundle boulder is a chunk of the Rockies right in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's true, but that's why it looks so good, right? Yeah. And uh, we get lots of t- we're getting lots of texts in. How can I deal with birch leaf miner at this point? Mix them in the spring. Um, we still do the injection, which will get in there. It won't fix the leaves. Like you'll get new leaves, then it'll come. But really, um, you still can do the. I believe you can still do the injection. I'll have to check with Mark, but you can call our prune it up team and ask them if we can get um, still doing that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure you still can. It just. Obviously, the damage, and I'm seeing so much of it again already. Like yeah, the big, it's almost started like really or, bad. Yeah, I thought the cold maybe would have knocked some of them back, but just driving yeah. down 37th Street on the way here to the radio station and that older area, Glendale, I think it is. Mm-hmm. 
All those big, gorgeous birch are just it's so brown.、Sad. So, people are looking for the tops of their trees for the crown dieback、yep. um, leaves that are yellowing and maybe look kind of like they're ballooned out, like、yep. they're puffed with air almost. Yeah. Because、um, the bugs get in the center of the leaf and eat between the, the top and the bottom of the leaf and kind of make it look like they, little. They eat it from the inside. Yeah,、out. they do. So, it's hard, they're hard to spot. But if you see your tree starting to struggle, yeah, it's, it's really the only thing that really affects the birch for the most part. Yeah.、Um, lots、though. of water. Um, they, birch trees respond super well with Rage Plus. For whatever、mm-hmm. reason, that Rage Plus should just be called Birch Plus in some way.、Yeah. But it works a lot great on、Probably、a lot of things. Probably because they're struggling for years and years before we take notice. And then it's like, oh, thank God. It, it's just so, it, it's so bad right now, though. I'm just driving, like I said, just driving here. I'm just like, God, just getting devastated with that、yeah. bug. And、yeah. it's unfortunate. I know that Saigon was a bad one. That, the chemical treatment that、oh, we、yeah. have, the latox, the systemic. But we use the tree zone now? Is that what it's called? Tree zone? Tree zone, yeah. We, yeah. But it all has to be、um, done by a certified applicator,、Absolutely. which we do,、yeah. and、um, which is good taking some of that stuff out of the homeowner. But it's just hard when we bring in these other species of trees,、um, others. Pests come along with them. Yes, they do. Yeah.、And、they create habitat. The, the other thing about that trees on is, and to have a certified application done, you have to find that you have to hit the right life cycle of the birch leaf miner bug, right? Like you can't well, it's just spray any time. Well, actually, no, this one's an injection. Oh, okay. The trees on's、okay. an injection. We do it right in, it gets right into the bloodstream of the tree. So it's like a systemic, and it usually、okay. has a two year residual. So that's why I think they can still do it, but they won't. It'll, it'll get rid of what's there, but it won't fix the, the aesthetics of the leaves this year. Oh, okay. You might get a new leaf. But rage、growth. might help with that? <coughs> Absolutely.、Okay. And water、um, definitely helps out.、Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. Cool. Anyways, where are we at for time? Should we take one call? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. We're going to go down. We'll go to Janice. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. How can we help you? Well, I am in the process of digging out the sod along my fence line.、Nice. I have a 60 foot lot, so this is quite a、mm. project that I've taken on.、Okay. And I'm putting in trees and bushes. Okay. How wide so, are you going to make it?、Um, it's about three and a half feet, four feet、okay. wide. One thing that works really well if, you, if you're able to rent a sod cutter. It, it's phenomenal. Like, it works so good. You just spray paint out your line, and the sod cutter cuts it right at that two inch, and you just roll it up like sod, and, and,、uh, and it makes that process really easy. Yep.、Oh, I, might have to, I might have to consider that. I have half of it done, but,、okay. I, but I still have the other half. I just to find go. so, yeah, when you are digging it out yourself, you end up losing a lot of your soil, too. And it, it's hard to get it out. The sod、True. cutter is nice because you know it's getting all the roots. You just set the, the depth of the blade and,、yep. and it just slides back and forth. You and just roll it up it. like sod、yep. and、yep. chuck it in your bin. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or, okay, or have another person with you when you just cut it out in like six or eight inch strips and have one person pull up and then one person on a shovel just sort of cut right at the roots as you go and it rolls up really quite easy that way、right. as well. Yeah, it actually hasn't been that bad.、Good. I've I've got a good tool, and,、awesome. and so yeah, it's been it's been quite therapeutic actually. But my question is:、yep. so I planted one shrub, and when we dug the hole for this shrub, I discovered that my soil is actually very very clay like. Yeah, all of、so、Calgary's like that. So okay, so what do I like? I know when we planted this, I have I did get a big yellow bag of soil, so I put a bunch of that in. 
and you, but I wondered what else better to should mix I it mix it one third new stuff two thirds the existing clay whatever you dig out because if okay. you make it too nice I mean if you just put that ball in the in the in the clay the roots will stick in that circle more right because um, okay. it's just almost too nice for them but don't and I and some people get kind of worked up about the soil and the and the clay trees live in clay all the time here mm-hmm. okay. we have two or three inches of soil on top and really when the roots go down into that they're into clay so i don't really get too bent on when we're planting trees and shrubs that they grow in clay all the time yep. it's fine it's good for them um they they, they don't mind it um it's sometimes it's worse when you when you dig out a big hole and just fill it with really nice fluffy loam because then the tree <laughs> sticks in that little yeah. and just grows it in a big swirls. circle. Yeah. yeah, Clay is actually really great. It's full of nutrients. The trick for us is to um, access those nutrients with by increasing the life in the soil. So bacterial and fungal life in the soil, just uh, the microscopic life that we don't really pay much attention to, but that's how you release the, the nu- min- minerals and nutrients in the clay. Okay. For, okay. the, for the tree roots to take yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is very and just, good news. And feeding, transplanting with either mics or 105210 will help get those roots into the into the clay and, and develop nice, hardy roots. Okay. You said mics? Yeah. Mics is a product that we have. It, it extends your warranty to five years through us. All of our trees and shrubs at Spruce have a two-year warranty, but if you... If you um, want to get the extended five-year, okay. you plant it with mics and you rub it on the roots, and you have to buy it on the same receipt as the trees and shrubs at the same time. It's sort of their program. They right. they insure it. Right. And and it's a mycorrhiza, so it's little... Uh, fungus. Yeah, fungus yeah. that really helps establish super healthy roots. Okay. And, and uh, you can buy that even if you don't have... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's really great stuff to have on hand. But you have to apply it when you're, when you're planting, not really okay. after. You can't... It has it needs right. to no, touch I've the only roots. Planted, I've only planted the one shrub that was in a temporary spot that yeah. I've been given last awesome. year. So yeah. everything else is waiting till I've got all the sod out, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. place it out and decide awesome. how I like it. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. are you putting so. bark mulch or soil after, or just soil? Um, some soil and bark mulch. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Just just get like good garden loam or a good garden mix. Mix that in there. And when yeah. you're digging your holes, just mix the clay that you dig out a little. Mix mix that up with the new soil that's there, and then fill it back in with a good mixture of one third new to two thirds yeah. old soil. Okay. And you know, so you want to make it nice, but not too nice. Sort of like for your okay. kids, you want to make it nice in the <laughs> basement, but not spoil them. Yeah, so they'll move right. out. I just think I made. I just made. As I said that, I go. I just developed my basement. I made it pretty sweet downstairs for my kids. I'm not sure they'll ever leave. Too much compost, Merle. Yeah. Too much compost. Yeah, too much compost. <laughs> They're going to be swirling around in your basement forever. Yeah, I, think so. I think so. I think so. I just thought of that as I said it loud. I'm in trouble. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, that's that's a way easier solution than what I thought I was going to be up against. Yeah, so. no, and that's things. Sometimes we'll get too bent on the soil around the trees, and I hear this. And really, like if you look around, as trees and stuff are surviving in our soil every day. It's I think just, it comes down to smart plantings as well, yeah. right? Just choose things that do really well in zone three, zone two, zone three, borderline zone four. Um, look around at our natural environment, take a walk through your neighborhood, see what's growing really well for your neighbors, for your little microclimate, and you'll be all set. Yeah. Perfect. And yeah, we perfect. have a great plant finder thing on our website. So mm-hmm. if you walk around, you see things, you can make a list of what you like. You can look it up and Excellent. you can just say if you want shade, sun, whatever you like. And it just it's add to my list, it says, and then print my list and it'll print it off on with the pictures for you. So you can go shopping and away you go. 
Oh, that's cool. I'll check that out. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, Thank you very much for your advice. Thanks, Janice. Yep. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Canadian Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center with everything you need inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> oh, she's dancing. She's dancing to, Mary's the, dancing to her song. Hopefully, she's dancing over to you, the volume. Here, morning. Are you there, Mary? <laughs> I'm gallivanting. Are you? I'm gallivanting with my cat on my deck. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. Enjoying the sun. Good morning, Mary. Oh, How are gorgeous. you? Gorgeous. It's wonderful. Anyway, you tree, tree people. Yes. I need rescues. Yes. That sago. Hawthorne. Yeah. I have done everything you said to do yeah. and more. And it looks like it's a Charlie Struggling. Brown stick. Mm. Two, two years old. Okay. And so one with the yellow leaves. Yeah. Uh, and Merle. I know I tried calling you last I need week. Help. I know I tried calling you last week after the show. Well, you didn't, it didn't you go there. through because no. I stayed right here. Yeah, I went right. It just rang and rang and rang. Oh. And, and then. Uh, well, if somebody came and finished my, fixed my new answering service. All right. So what I'll do is. Uh, three times and then it. And then it says you've reached the Campbell. Actually, why don't we get Joanna will pop sure. out there this week and yeah. just have Come a look. On. Yeah, I want you to, Joanna. I'd love to. Be, because So uh, what I'll do is I'll put you on hold again, Mary, after you're done. And, we'll just, and uh, I, I, I don't have your phone. I have your phone over in my office, but I'll just get it for Brian. will take it. And yeah, then, I, can give, I can give it back to Brian. Yep. Yeah. And then we'll Joanna will stop by and have yeah, a look well, and see what's going great, on. Yeah, well, that'd be great, Joanna. I'd love to meet you. you all, the other, my, all the other ones place. that I'd we did are marry. great, but we got to make sure we see what's going on with that yeah, one. Yeah, because it needs to get fixed, and I've done everything, but yeah, it's we'll pretty have a sick look. looking. We'll yeah. have a look and see okay. what it is. And Okay. Yep. All right. Great. Well, have a great day. <laughs> you too. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, Mary. it's beautiful, Talk. and the rain's been wonderful. Isn't it? Is oh, it yeah. greened everything up it out there? It is wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, keep dancing. Bye, Mary. Bye now. Bye bye. Yeah. No. And with trees in trouble, we've seen a lot of, especially the hardwood trees, have had a hard time this past. They took a big knock this winter. Yeah. It's everything has come late, and some stuff just doesn't didn't make it. Like I noticed a lot of dieback and barberries this year. Yeah. Which is unusual. Yeah. They're pretty hardy. Hawthorns. Second, third, third year, they really kick back out. What mm-hmm. I noticed, because I noticed we we did some planted some in the at the spruce too, and their second year they kind of come yeah. out. They struggle a bit after this past winter, yeah. But they've really kicked in. I know we we gave them a good blast of with some fertilizer and that at spruce, and they've really pushed out in our tree lot. Maybe they're one of those plants that kind of hangs out till they're really certain they're happy where they're at. Well, I don't know, with I've the caliper so. trees too, it does take a bit of time, and I'm just looking at the time as I'm saying that, and it's time for a break. <laughs> You're listening to Let's Talk Garden on 770 CHQR. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Canadian Gardening. Happy Canada Day to everybody. I'm joined uh, with Joanna Judy. Thank you for having me. Such a beautiful even though, Sunday. Even though you're an American. Oh, American. Sh- I'm half and half now. I work oh, hard yeah? for this. Yeah. Half and half. Yeah, I'm half and half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> double, double. Nice. Oh, you even double, double. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, as long as uh, you guys will keep me, I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. Even though you have your, your Trump shirt on, that's what? okay. What? <laughs> oh, no way. I have Just, flannel on right now. How flannel. much more Canadian could I be with flannel on? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, here we got one. Good morning. I'm wondering what you can tell me is eating my dinner plate dahlia leaves. Enjoy your show, Brenda. Um, Brenda, really what it is, and, and they get a fungus sometimes. I would pick off all those bad leaves. I would feed it with 15, 30, 15 to give it a good boost and uh, and see what it does. Um, I've still seen that a couple times in my dahlias. Um, just watch that you're not keeping it too wet and, and make sure it's in a good sunny location because... Um, you just got to watch and they, they, they can be fairly heavy feeders and just watch that it's, it just looks, sometimes they get a, a bit of a deformity to them. Like the, the leaves get hard and kind of curl and it looks like that's kind of what it's doing. So I just pick all those off. Like they get kind of puckered a little yeah, bit. Hey, absolutely. Like, like dipped or like kind of dippled in the yeah, leaves. Kinda, I'm not describing it really well. It's sort of like arthritis in your like hands. Stunted. You see some people that get that arthritis and their fingers crunch up. Uh, yeah. and that's what it kind of reminds me of. Um, and I feel bad, but I it, it can grow out of it because I've had it on some. Because if I look at your new growth in the center, it looks quite good. Mm-hmm. So just cut off all that old sort of... And that would go in the garbage, not the compost, Absolutely. Right? Or the Absolutely. city compost could handle that, but maybe not your own home compost. Because you don't want to spread that around your garden. Yes. Absolutely. And there was one more. And my Japanese lilac is not going to bloom this year. It is our third summer for this tree and it's bloomed twice before. Any advice? They are late. Typically your mm-hmm. ivory silk will bloom mid-July. Um, and if you want to see one of the best shows of that ivory silk in Calgary, if you drive around the main strip on the top part of Cranston, on the main little mm-hmm. circle that goes yep. all the way around the top. Their boulevard trees. Back then, yeah. they did them on all their, yeah, their front yard trees. Um, so mid-July, you'll see just a gorgeous display of ivory silk lilacs in Calgary. And uh, but I love fe- that tree. Deep it's watering so right now. Um, 15, 30, 15, high middle number for that. Um, as they get older, they do need that phosphate to help build those beautiful roots and blooms and roots. Mm-hmm. And, and that will make all the difference. And it, just something, and what is going on with my Annabelle hydrangea? It, it's curling it's up. It's curly. It looks like curly spaghetti. Yeah. I'm the, just, the photo that got shared in today. Yeah. I, 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 it's hard to, to see up. what's going on, but it almost looks... Um, Again, it's look, look at some of the underleaves. If there's any um, small caterpillars or anything like that, sort of eating at some of those, any of those ones that are kind of deformed like that, cut them right off, and just don't let the plant waste that energy on those ones. Just cut them out and remove any of the other deadwood, and just let it push all the good stuff because it looks like it's only on some of it, and some of it looks fine. So. Uh, that's what I would do with that and just watch. You might even want to treat it with a natria um, biofungicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think generally when you see um, plant matter start to curl and get contorted like that, it's usually like some type of fungal thing. It's definitely an insect or a bug that's getting in there or, or a fungus that's kind of stunting it. Um, sometimes you'll see that reaction when you get like bugs that like leaf leaf hoppers that'll actually, they suck the juice out of the leaves. Yep. 
So that's sort of the plant's like defense reaction. It's sort of just curling up and trying to protect itself. And here's another defense mechanism. Oh. It says, hi, Merle and Joanna. I noticed oh. tiny black spots <laughs> oh, on the yeah. other side of my rhubarb leaves. Yeah. I suspect ants. Great photo. Um, those, but actually are aphids. They're aphids. They're both. So and there's the ants, ants and aphids. are eating the aphids. The ants are eating Actually, the honeydew kind of, yeah, out of the aphids. Right. So honeydew is a nice way of saying aphid poop. Um, but the aphids well, secrete. Who wants the- to eat poop? Sounds like my dog. <laughs> um, aphids secrete this actually like sticky. Um, they call it honeydew because it's sticky and it does. Um, I'm just going to take their word for it. I guess it's sweet. I've never tried it. (laughs) But the ants find out uh, where these aphids are at because of that sticky honeydew. And they actually are farming those ants. So they're protecting them because they're a food source. So they're not eating the bug, but they're eating the the honeydew. And the aphids are probably just um, on the underside of that rhubarb leaf because they're sucking the juice out of the leaf. So you can spray them or... um, for me, they, the infestation doesn't look that bad. I just grab my hose on its highest setting and just blast them off of there. Yep. Um, keep my eye on it. They almost always are in either the crotch of the stem or underneath side of the leaf, protected, right? So just keep keep a lookout, be vigilant, and just blast them with the hose. All right, we better take a call. We're going to go to John. All right. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. Good How morning. are you, sir? <laughs> Not too bad. What's uh, going on? Everybody's having trouble with everything. I'm yeah. just going to report in on my spruce tree that 301010 yep. brought it back to life. Hey, right on. It, it's All good because you have one, in, and I know you keep it trimmed up a bit. Like You've uh, somewhat um, manicured it, I guess is a mm-hmm. word to say, um, and you keep it a little bit tight. So you've shaped yeah. your your spruce which um, you keep it fairly contained. So you've probably seen a whole whack of new growth come out, I'm assuming. Well, the area that I showed you yeah. uh, is all filled in now. Awesome. It's all nice and green. Awesome. Great no, here. it was wintered, a lot of it desiccation, and it needs that good boost of fertilizer like that. That'll get it going, and uh, that's awesome. I've used about, oh, 20 gallons of it, I guess, right yeah, now. And those are fairly big trees, so that that's very yeah. good. And that's a lot of times... People don't um, necessarily use enough sometimes when they realize how big of a tree you have. Like mm-hmm. one pail for that tree wouldn't have been enough. So like four or five of them, that's perfect. I sort of do it when I step around a bigger tree. I sort of do three steps, three big steps, and give it a, a bucket of water mm-hmm. or a bucket of fertilizer. That's three more steps it. around and mm-hmm. sort of do that. So that way you sort of, you're getting good ample fertilizer for the for the size of the tree. Can you over-fertilize? Um, well, you, you can. But it's real hard. If you've mixed it properly, it's really hard to over-fertilize, especially a big tree like that. Um, absolutely not. It's going to be in the soil. It, it'll, it'll only use up what it can. Uh, it's worse fertilizing too late. Like you, Once you get into this month, we really want to stop fertilizing our trees and shrubs at the end of this month. Um, so really this month is really important for a lot of people. If you haven't fertilized, get out and do some fertilizing. Absolutely. The end of the month is today. No, end of July. I, okay. I, sorry. Yeah. End of July. Yeah. Sorry. So before you go into the really hot part of summer, just give them a big kick. Yep. And okay. at the end of July, unfortunately, we want to start slowing our trees and shrubs down. Yeah. As we're we heading had another into couple that months. dreaded word <laughs> called winter. And if you fertilize too far into like September, October, um, you send out new growth and, it, and, that, and that part, uh, you end up with weak trees and a lot of times you get lots of dieback. So. Okay. Is that the same for grass? Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Because you look on, like when our green it up fertilizer, we start out with a full application, huh? and then I go less application, and then at the very fall, 
very minimal. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, okay. Yep. So you do the three applications, and just enough to keep it going. And the, it's a lot different with a with a grass because it's not recovering on the same grass stems. You know what I mean? It's just more of the roots. Oh, but, yeah. But, but okay. a tree is recovering on the same old wood, so you don't want to get new wood exposed like that. That the grass all dies back, goes on, and really you're just bringing all your roots back. So it's a different growing mechanism. Okay. Now the uh, yellow bag. Is that, can that dirt be used uh, straight for uh, gardening? Like, um, depends what mix that? you got. Like they have a few different mixes, but they do have the one garden mix, which is great for that. Um, but they do have a few different mixes. Like they have a compost in the big yellow bag. They have a few different products. But as long as you're getting um, the right one for the garden mix, absolutely. That's their black gold, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the one. I have carrots, and they're, oh, gosh, they're only about an inch up out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my snow peas, they're fabulous. Nice. And the uh, uh, the other peas are uh, the shelling peas. Yeah. They're only about half the size. Huh. Yeah, the other ones, the snow peas do grow quicker. Two different boxes. Yep. There you go. And... Raspberries, do they come in the canes or do they come in bushes too? Bushes or canes. Uh, we have them in pots or we, at this time of year we don't have the, just the plain canes anymore. That's an early spring way of planting when they're dormant. Uh, but now we only sell them in the pots. Uh, this is second year growth and uh, it looks like I have a big bush out there rather than a nice tall canes. Yeah, so do you will every, like, you have to prune out every second year's old growth, like the the dark gray canes, you prune them out and then let the new ones come up. Mm-hmm. Should I stake these ones down to the bush type? Or? You can, if they're getting floppy on you, you can just nip the tops off too. That'll help thicken them up. Oh, oh okay. All right, mm-hmm. and you can stake them or that as well, like run a string around the outside of them to hold them up. Uh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, it's that, hard. To, they're a hard thing to stake. Yeah, you don't really want to go wandering through your raspberry patch. Yeah. You get scraped up. Yeah. A little bit. And the uh, Carl Forrester, uh, that's really growing nice. Oh, nice to hear. Is that the one that would be along the side of your garage there? Uh, on the, the side of the house, east oh, side. Oh, right, right. Yep, yeah, sorry, side of the, I think I, pla- yeah. I, think I might have planted those. Yep. Yeah. Long they, ago. I shouldn't wrap them with string in order to keep them together. Let them bush out. If they, they, if you've cut them right back, they should just go straight up. They, they shouldn't need be to, to be tied up. Oh, yeah, these are really bushed out. I didn't cut them last year because I like that nice tall. Yeah, so early, early spring is when you cut them, like sort of in first of April. Before cut them new right growth down. comes yeah, out. Yeah, cut right? them right down to the ground and then let them grow up through that. Oh, I was told you. Yeah, right. And uh, someone said to you, you tie them a string around there, yeah. and then you have only one piece to cut. Yeah, at the very bottom. Yeah. And it all goes. Yeah, no, you do that one. all the time. You just grab two or three of them, wrap th- that around it, and then you can use that bunch in in your pots or as a decoration mm. as well. Right. All right, Brian, oh. I got to Or not, sorry, John, John, I got to go. Happy Canada Day. Thank you, Thank sir. Thank you, John. You as well. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome 
Welcome back <laughs> to Let's Talk Canadian Gardening on this Canada Day weekend. <laughs> and some great Canadian tunes yeah, provided by Brian, <laughs> producer guru. All producer right. DJ. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines. Brian, another Brian's been waiting quite a while. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. How are you? Good, Joanna. How are you? Hi, good. Good morning. As long as you've got a matching plaid hat, we'll, we'll keep you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, I've got a quick question. As you know, we were out there yesterday. Yeah, I've seen you roaming around the tree lot. Yeah, well, just spoiling Riva Las Vegas. It's her birthday this morning. But oh, nice. happy birthday. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> I had no uh, no idea the difference. So we were looking at the common. Yep. Uh, sorry, lilacs. Yep. Uh, the, or French and is it a Carl? Like K-A something? Yeah, there's a few different varieties. A lot of it is there's a French, the common, and then the Velocia. Like, it's sort of the, the varieties. But then within the variety, there's a whole bunch of different species. Or actually, the species, okay. then there's a bunch of varieties. Um, All right. Yeah, the Velocia is one that you see a lot more on shelter belts um, and would be very suitable for your guys' application. It has a bit more of the wrinkly leaf as okay, well. Okay, yeah. Well, Revo is kind of like she wants the white and... Um you know, not, what is it, red? Yeah. Purple, sorry. Yeah. So the mix was, so I know they, like her preference was the French, but didn't know enough about it. And you know, of course I'm the wrong guy to ask. I just dig. Yeah, we have, yeah, no, the white is, uh, it's it's great as well, um, but it, it's it's typically a little shorter variety. It, it still gets in that 8 to 10, I guess, but some of the larger ones can get that 10, 12 um, feet yep, and big. yeah, I like using the white ones a bit more as a focal point out front, closer, and do them in clumps of five. Right, and, and then going to be in front of the house. Yeah, right? that's and perfect. Then, like we want about ten to twelve. Yeah. Then, um, did you do you guys have any more white? Because we, there wasn't any there yesterday. At least yeah, I, I get see. more in every week. So this week we have a bunch more coming in. Yeah, lilacs have been soon. They anything that's blooming sells like crazy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we have a we have a whole bunch coming in this this coming week, and and same with those hydrangeas that you seen there yesterday. Those big ten gallon ones. Those are just yeah, selling like right. crazy. So but, okay, so I can they will they hold out at the property here because I'm gonna um, I'm not I was planning on planting closer to the fall, right? Yeah, um, unless you have to, if you, absolutely, you're way better to do it now, Brian, to be honest, because if you can get yep. in there, get them watered in, get them rooted in, mm-hmm. the way our falls have been, the fall planting is a lot harder on the trees and shrubs because... Um, because we don't know when a massive snowstorm's coming. Yeah, and it's been so dry, and yeah. like our our winters have been really dry. Like September, October, November's the last few years have been so dry. So when you plant that tree or shrub in in the fall, it's really just sitting there with not enough moisture and root hasn't got to take off. So if I had a choice, I'd definitely plant earlier. The way the seasons have been going the last while. Fantastic as always. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, thanks, thanks, Brian, and happy, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, happy Canada Day. Awesome. So much to celebrate. Awesome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Guys. Waving at you. All right, I feel it. I feel it. All right, cool. Bye bye. All right, we need to take a break. You're listening to Joanna and Merle <laughs> on Let's Talk Yeehaw. Canadian. It's not yeehaw. It's Yahoo. All right. Welcome 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons here with Joanna. And we're going to go to... This one intrigues me. Ivan. Good morning, Ivan. Good afternoon. Hey, how can we help you? First of all, I'd like to say what a terrific service you offer the people of this region. Thank you. So so appreciated. We love doing it. (laughs) Anyway... I have an well. I have a home, 104 years old. It was the farmer's house. And yeah. In front, in front is a spruce tree that is really ancient. The, the branches go out forever. It would have been high, but somewhere I don't know, lightning or something, it was topped. Yeah. So it's trying to find a new leader, kind of etc. But anyway, so I need to fertilize. I'm sure. Yeah. And probably the rain we had recently is nowhere near enough, right? So. Not for one like that. And again, it's just around the drip line of the tree, like a big old spruce like that. Yeah. Has a fairly, and unfortunately, a lot of times it works like an umbrella, right? It sheds the water to the outside, which is where it needs it. But it, a lot of times, it, like I said, when we get those big flash rains, a lot of the water runs off, unfortunately, right? So you, we that slow, deep watering. So, Ivan, you're 100% right. And uh, a good dose of 30-10-10 would help that. And on, on ones like that, also our pruning department, we provide a deep root injection for, for fertilizing. We do deep root fertilizing on trees as well. So. Oh, so for the garden center. Yep, and just uh, just ask for the pruned up department, and they'll they'll get a message to them, and they'll set up a thing, and Mark will come out and have a look and give you all the advice you need. Sounds reasonable. Thank you. Thanks, Ivan. Okay. Bye bye. He loves some of the. We have some very big old trees in Calgary. Yeah, gotta love them. That was a great question because it always it leads back to watering all of them, right? It is. If that's the one thing you can do, is just water. That that is the one thing. Yep. And what about too much water? There's a question here about a, a spiced pear tree um, that looks like maybe it got too much water. The downspout was right up to the tree. Um, the top has died. There's lots of suckering from the base, which is where all the new growth is focused on the suckers off the Yeah, off that the one looks there. a little bit weird, eh? It's hurting. Like you might have a, a spiced pear shrub now. Yeah. If you don't, yeah. If you go know, down the, the trunk about three, about go about six, eight inches down from where the crown splits mm-hmm. and you could prune it right there, find a, one of the the nodes, just prune it at that point and it looks like it'll take off again from the trunk. Um, I would get rid of that whole top part. So you're encouraging an alternative leader, basically. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just start fresh. Um, go down, like I said, just go six or eight inches above where that big clump of nice, green, healthy growth is and give it a prune there and see what that does and let it take off from that point because I think you should be okay from there. Mm-hmm. Pears um, are pretty hardy. Um, I have seen this in a lot of our fruit trees this year, though. They all came on like regular spring. I know we came through a hard winter, but leaf leaves were out. The, you could tell there was sap running. And then, like, somewhere in May there, they just fizzled out. Yeah. Like, I've seen that. And this kind of looks like the what's happened with this um, pear tree. It's alive, but it's not where you want the... It's alive down at the base, not at the top of the tree. Yes. Yeah. And we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. back to Let's Stop Gardening, and we're going to head down to the tree lot. We're going to chat with Chris and find out what's hot in the tree lot today. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Good. 
Well, I thought what better day to celebrate a certain tree than Canada Day and all the maples we have here on the tree lot. Yeah, we have a great selection of maples. Yes, we do. So pretty much all our maples are, um, the selling feature for the maples is the brilliant red and orange color that most of them turn in the fall. And uh, they can just be spectacular when you drive by and see like the flames or the amers turning the bright orange. So that's the big selling feature for the maples, that and they're very hardy for us here in Calgary. And there's something a little bit unique about seeing the the definitely the maple leaf. Um, the prairie splendor is one that has the crimson color, like the purple yep. leaves. Yeah. Um, that uh, will not change color in the fall, but it, it gives you that crimson color. Yeah, and they are the hard nice... to hear, as long as they get watered properly. Yes. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a 3B. They're yeah. a 3B, so as long as they're yeah, watered well, like in any other tree, and they, you know, around 33, 30 feet tall maybe by 25 feet wide. So a nice bigger tree for some shade, uh, if people are looking for that, for sure. Uh, our smaller maples, we have like the Ammer maple and the Flame maple, um, like maybe 20 by 15 feet, so mm-hmm. kind of an, an average size tree. Uh, and then we have some of the bigger ones, uh, like the Northwood. We have quite a few of those here too, and they're like, again, 30 by 25 feet, uh, really hardy tree, orange-red in the fall. The nice thing about the Northwood um, and the Red Rocket actually is they're resistant to some of the tar spot that some of the maples can yeah, And can I get do sometimes. have more Red Rockets coming in July here. I think they're like 10th oh, or something. Um, they'll yeah. be ready to go. The but, nice thing about the Red Rockets is they have the Red Samaras that are on there all summer, so it mm-hmm. looks like they have fruit on them, so that they're quite beautiful in that sense, too. And when we're looking at, so a lot of times, and, and, and sometimes I would like to almost get the, the tree tags changed. I know they come with the with the height, and when you, we say 25, 30 feet, like to get that in Calgary from a potted tree or even a caliper tree, like we're, it's That's 50 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I always say about 25% less, typically in a lifespan. Yeah, yeah. Um, of a of a tree because just in Calgary, unfortunately, sure. it's, it's it's slower. Yeah. Those tree tags are like ideal growing conditions. Yeah. And Calgary is certainly far from ideal. I, so <laughs> <laughs> I always tell yeah. people take it down by a third, and that's probably where you're at. Yeah, I know, and that's yeah. where it's going to be. And because, uh, but a lot of those ones, and but there's lots of maples that will not survive. So that's where I find if you're shopping yeah. at an independent garden center, you're going to find the proper ones zoned properly. Yeah. And and will uh, and get the right advice, but it's really important with any of the hardwoods, and I and I know we've seen a lot of that come in the tree lot. A lot of questions, a lot of the maples and oaks and things like that. This one, as we have those dry winters like we did, yeah. it's really hard on a lot of those ones. So that yeah. fall watering super important. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people ask about, you know, they want the eastern maples and the large ones, and they they just don't survive here because we just don't have the humidity that they have in the east. And also, we don't, they need a longer fall to uh, to kind of get into their dormant stage, and we often go from summer to winter, in, you know, sometimes in a matter of two weeks. So mm-hmm. they, they need that long fall kind of season to, uh, yeah. So, but we do have the ones that we have. They still have those spectacular colors that people are looking for. Yep, absolutely. Yep. The and one of the nicer looking ones too is just even that autumn brilliance. Yeah, um, it's. I just know that like it has a nice big maple leaves, almost the size of a hand, almost that big. So yeah, yeah, just gorgeous looking yep. trees. So another really neat one too is the Korean maple. So it's, uh, it's yeah. it looks a lot like the the Japanese maple, which of course isn't overly hardy here at all, um, but it still has that kind of bonsai kind of look and uh, has a really nice looking maple leaves and uh, and uh, gorgeous turns out fall awesome color. color. Yeah. yeah, I have one in my yard and I just absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah.
Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Chris. Hey, happy, happy Canada, Canada Day. Day. Yeah. Same. <laughs> okay, thanks. Talk bye. to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for Chris for coming down. So yeah. doing a segment, What's Hot in the Tree Lot? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, let's go to Steve on the phone line. Good morning, Steve. Hi, good morning to you. How are you? Good. Oh, I'm doing fine. Just working away. Awesome. How can we help uh, you? Um, we had uh, our fruit trees last year uh, tended to be quite sour. Okay. And uh, we're wondering about how you would fertilize to sweeten them up. What what uh, type of fruit are you talking? Well, we had plums and uh, um, pears and, and uh, small apple trees. Yeah. And they... I remember from my past history that we used to lime underneath the trees, but I don't know if you do that here or not. Um, you can so do a little bit, but uh, and I'll be honest, a lot of the fruit, um, some of the apples, if you leave them on longer, let them um, ripen on the tree, that will help sweeten a them up. A little touch of cold yep. actually turns a lot of our harvest. Just to, you got to be really careful with that, but a little touch of cold will sweeten things up, brings that bricks content a little higher. Yeah, and it, and, it, and to be honest, like the, most of the plums, the cherries... And a lot of the pears that we are growing in our area are sour. Like they yeah. are, they're not the sweet, yeah. they're not the sweet varieties that we get in in BC and things like that. So I always just I try and just turn my sour brain off when I'm eating a plum <laughs> or a cherry in Calgary and just be grateful I'm eating one that I grew yeah. here. So <laughs> bake it with lots of sugar. Yeah, it's for sure. Big well, jam. You know. I used to. One of my yeah, cut, cut back on the sugar, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do is cut back on the sugar, and there you go, you know. I used to, well, it used to be one of my favorite things, and I just had a flashback um, in a good way of, uh, <laughs> of having, uh, when I was a kid, dipping rhubarb into a, a, a bowl of sugar, right? Oh, that, that sounds like what you do at Grandma's house. It, I used yeah. to put it on lettuce, too, like oh, on really? fresh lettuce leaves. Oh. My mom would sprinkle a little bit of sugar on the leaf, okay. and man, I used to love it. Nice. But, yeah. I used to add a butter tart myself. But there, yeah. oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, thank you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. really just leaving it on the vine or the branch as long as possible. Try and let it ripen on there. Yep. And it's always that fine line of trying to uh, get it out before the birds or a hail or something well, else gets it. That's, yeah. Well, so, that apply to Saskatoon berries and stuff as well? Like leave them on there a little longer? Yeah, or? absolutely. Any of that. And like I said, but... It, unfortunately, with that, the summer fruit, we don't get the cooler night. And if you pick it in the morning, um, a lot of times it, it's sweeter because it's 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 as that cool and like like Joanna was Keeps saying, has the, the brick the higher sugar content when it's cool. All right, all right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, yeah. Steve. Bye-bye. Great Bye-bye. question. Fruit trees and that they love pretty high nitrogen fertilizers, so just good healthy compost. Um, you know, if your compost is a little higher in manure, um, blood meal, that type of thing, that's always really good around fruit trees, around the base. So, yeah. Mm. But our varieties, are they do tend to be sour, right? Like, yeah. We're, we can't grow rainier cherries. We can't grow no. those big black sweets. But we no. have our we have our Romeo, our Valentine series, and those are... They're all sour cherries, yeah, right? I sneak those out of the tree lot here and oh, there. Oh, yeah, I know. They're just starting to get... I know... We're uh, going to be fighting over a, those. I had a couple in the, in the tree lot yesterday, and they're... 
the husband wanted something else and she wanted a cherry tree. We walked yeah. by it and the cherries were just all Loaded. on there, just starting to turn uh. red. And she goes, see? <laughs> it's like, I like, ah. Yeah, just let the tree sell itself, right? Yeah. That's... I picked, um, speaking of local fruits, I picked hascaps, so honeyberry bushes nice. um, that we've got. We've got four in our front yard. They're quite small. They're only four years old. And we picked, I don't know, we probably picked about two quarts of berries off of there. And that is so awesome to be picking fruit in June in Calgary. Yeah, hascaps are yeah, great. Like they're out of Siberia, so they're, yep, they're a tougher. Yep. They're like a long, skinny, semi-tart um, blueberry. Yeah, I call them an Alberta blueberry. Yep. They go of... great into pancakes and into oh. smoothies, and we freeze them. I just made a berry crisp with them. They're delicious. Those huh. and rhubarb. So I didn't nice. see any this morning. Huh. What? Huh. Were you in my yard? Huh. No, <laughs> I didn't see them. any. Oh, I did. right, I right. Gonna bring me <laughs> a pancake or something left over. I no. didn't cook today. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Starving. <laughs> All right. Where's Cat uh, in the bread? Yeah. Where, where's <laughs> Le- we're going to go to Lenore. Good morning, Lenore. Good morning, Marl. How can we help you? Uh, okay, I have a Cotone Alster hedge. Yes. And uh, bugs lug it, but yeah. I don't like the bugs. Yeah, that scale and that and uh, has been attacking the... Yep. oyster shell scale. Yeah, it's, it's been attacking. It's, it's kind of a rampant thing right now, unfortunately. No, I sprayed them twice. And so how often would I have, like, yeah, well, I bought that three-in-one spray? Yeah, I don't know which one that is. Typically, the Pure Spray Green is the one that the professionals and we sell at the, that spruce it up. That is it. And you have to hit it right in the, it was sort of the second week, third week in June um, is when they were flying, when the, oh. when the scale puts in a fly form and then it was flying around. Once it's in the scale form, it's really hard to spray because it, it creates that shell over top of itself. Oh. And then it's underneath there eating the tree from the inside out. And is it? Are you getting lots of? Is your lots of dead branches throughout your hedge? Yeah, there's lots of dead wood. Yeah. Unfortunately, Lenore, I would just recommend doing a full revitalization, a rejuvenation of that. So that's taking it right down to the ground, six to eight inches. Okay. And do a really good cleanup, and then let it grow fresh from the bottom, and then at that time fertilize with a good twenty twenty twenty, a good soaker hose, and then next spring you'll get a bunch of growth come up. And again, just in that first couple of weeks in June, is give it a couple of spray applications of the Pure Spray Green. Okay, Pure Spray Green. Yeah. Are you the only like I was out there a couple of weeks ago to your place? Yeah. And I bought the fertilizer, but I forgot to buy that. Yeah. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I I'm not sure who else carries the Pure Spray Green. From I understand, a lot of the other guys don't carry it. Okay. Um, so I do. I I find it. It's probably one of the best pesticides out there it's somewhat i call it the replacement for the neem oil because it one thing it's made in canada mm-hmm. it's pure spray green it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil but it works really good as a fungicide and a insecticide so it's it's really good and it's not a harsh chemical like a malathion or a or something like that so i, I really like it okay so. seems really effective for oyster shell scale and as the well. professionals are, most of the arborists if they are spraying or the spray tree spraying companies yeah. are using pure spray green commercially okay. and it's been used commercially like in wineries and commercial cut flowers like roses okay. for like 25, 30 years. So. Okay. Alrighty. And can I ask you, like I have a Nanking cherry tree Yep. and I got maybe a cup full of cherries last year. This year I didn't even get any flowers. Hmm. What can I cut it right 
Yeah, you can. Is it? Is the light changed on it? Is it? Is it more shady? Is it underneath a tree? No, Maybe it's it, getting not enough sun now, or no? It's right in the middle of my garden. Oh, okay, so it should be getting lots of sun. It's getting lots of sun, and it's getting. Is it fully leafed out, just not blooming? Yeah, it just isn't blooming. Yeah, I would say it probably needs fertilizer, like a fifteen thirty fifteen. Oh, okay. Um, that helps build the phosphate up, which creates the blooms. And that won't be. It won't bloom the this garden, year. No, like no like it's perfect for the garden. That's all great. 15? 30, 15. 15, 30, 15. It's a water-soluble. Okay. You mix it with water, give it a couple buckets of that, and right now is a great time. Feed it a couple times here through July, and then next spring you should start seeing some flowers. Okay. Well, thank you, Merle. All right. Thanks, Lenore. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We should might as well take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770. C-H-Q-R. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center with everything you need inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And... Joanna and I got you covered on all your questions today. If you'd like to give yeah. us a shout. I feel like my fingertips have been flying today with Tons all these awesome text, text messages. Lots Thank you, everybody. Text. Lots of text. Great photos, great questions coming through the text line. Um, talking about maples and celebrating Canada Day. What about Korean maples? They're they're super hardy. They're pretty hardy. I would give them a little bit of a sheltered spot if you can just to get them started. And then just like all your new plantings, long, slow watering um, right through the season from beginning to end and they should be fine yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've had very good luck with Korean maples I've used them on lots of landscape jobs mm-hmm. which a lot of times they don't make it to one of my landscape designs if they're not sort of in the hardy zone because right. I'd want to be going back and replacing right. stuff. Right, you want to set clients up for total success, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, I know our old neighbors in Sundance, we helped them with some landscaping in the front yard and we put one of the Korean maples in the front. Loved it because in the fall, I got to see it, enjoy yeah. the fall color. We can't have but, our um, Japanese maples here, so for me, they're like a beautiful stand for that. Yeah, absolutely, and they have the really same showy. leaf as the Japanese maple, very yep. close. Very beautiful specimen tree, and they they won't ever get super huge. So that's another thing to consider. Got a text. Can I use weed killer? Mm, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's pretty weeds, open-ended. Yeah, and it depends on what you're using. If you're using, when you're going to buy your herbicides, and that's a herbicide is a weed killer, mm-hmm. um, there's selective herbicides, and that would be like your Kill-X, things like that. And those are broadleaf. So that one you can use in your grass and things like that to get rid of clover, dandelions. And there's also Sink a really foil. good one. is a It's called clover, chickweed, and thistle killer. It's great for dandelions and all that. You can use it in your lawn. Um, a non-selective is something like Roundup. So that will spray everything it touches. But you can still use that in your flower beds, but you got to just be very careful where you're spraying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sprayed, I had a bunch of quack grass coming up in mine, so I just sprayed it just on the grass that mm-hmm. I wanted to kill. And my trees and shrubs are all fine. Just only spray what you want. Whatever it touches, it will kill. Absolutely. Right? If yep. you just go in there, blanket spray everything, everything will die. So... Yep. So that's, like I said, those questions are somewhat loaded. So just, again, make sure you're buying it with you and get the proper advice. Yep, or let um, us know what you're hoping to eradicate. And we can, some sometimes stuff really isn't worth spraying. It's actually get down there, get elbow, little elbow grease, get, out, get it out by the roots and be but, done with it, right? But again, another 
application of, you know, the, the clover thistle one might be just what you need. So, yeah. Yeah. What is that one? There's that Trister. It says there's an image says, um, good morning. Should I cut this right back to green leaf? Also, can you tell me what it is? It's, I can't really make out the leaf. I'm trying to see it in the... Maybe another photo? Yeah, if you can get a little photo? closer to see the leaves, uh, when we can't blow it up too hot big in our screen, so mm-hmm. I can't really see exactly what it is. So anyways, let's go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Pauline. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? I got a globe amaranth plant a couple of years ago, and it seems like every spring in my beds, it's moved to a different part of the bed. Yeah, it's probably one of those, those self seeding. Yeah, like there's there's a tall amaranth that's called Love's Lie Bleeding, but this mm-hmm. is a tiny one. It looks like more like a clover plant. Yeah. Yeah. Has little round, sort of buttony pink flowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that is that what it's going to do all the time? It's going to move around my bed? It's not going to stay in the same place? Yeah, I think those ones are fairly, um, they're almost called like a like a biennial. They just self-seed. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like yep. there's a few bad ones, like the geraniums. There's a few other ones that will do that where you end up with lots of volunteers all over the place. And what happens if you transplant them kind of into a different part of the bed? Or, they, or do they move well when you try to transplant them or do, do they resist that? I've had good luck moving them. You might just end up finding if there's a little bit of root left uh, from where you moved them from, you might end up with globe amaranth in a few spots. Oh, so, that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. If you love them and you like them, they'll they'll probably fill in in between anyway. Okay. Yeah. And, the, and those little volunteers are the ones that reseed. If you pull them out when they're young or go through with a little cultivator, they're very easy to get rid of that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I was also wondering about creeping bellflower. My daughter bought a property over the winter, so when the snow went, mm. she realized she had a whole bunch. And I kind of, I know that glyphosate isn't available here or tripachlor or whatever it is. Isn't available in Canada. Well, so. glyphosate is it's uh it, that's in the Roundup. Yeah, um, so that's maybe it's a, a that's available. Before. Yeah, um, the best thing for the the creeping bellflower is actually we have a product called clover thistle and chickweed killer. It's worked very well on the bellflower. We've had, okay. I've had lots of customers come back and actually. Um, our one of our store managers, Brad, he used it at home, and he had bellflower in the back alley, and he used the that, and it worked really well. So, like, it's it's a non-selective. No, it's a selective herbicide. It's a oh, broadleaf okay. herbicide, so you can spray it in your grass and all that oh, as well. Okay, okay. Well, it, and it comes in a little jug. It's called clover, chickweed, and thistle killer. Yeah, I think I already have it. Yeah, it works really good. Again, oh. just be careful. Make sure you're only spraying really what needs to get sprayed. Even though it's a non or a selective herbicide, I still always only spot spray. Right. And would would uh, landscape companies be able to use a different product, like a stronger product, more? Um. Um. Yes and no, but I think for the most part, you're going to be covered with that. Um, there is some some spray companies that can get. Um, farm rated or different rated um, chemical as well. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Just be careful. Some of the farm guys are really good, but some of them, they're used to spraying in big areas. So if you get them into yards, into residential, sometimes it's a little bit, Mm -hmm. they have the bigger spray equipment that isn't always necessarily suitable for residential. It's probably, it's probably through about one third of their backyard. Yep. So uh, we were kind of wondering how yeah, How and, intensive we'd have to yeah, go. Yeah, and then the grass, get it nice and healthy, use the greened up fertilizer. That'll help choke out a lot of that stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. All righty. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
And we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons here with Joanna Chudy. Good morning. Um, got a picture from Sharon. And looks, there's purple and white flowers. I see delphiniums behind them. So the flowers look like delphiniums there. But the leaf on the ones that looks like it's reseeded or volunteers looks totally different. So it's kind of got us baffled a little bit. Mm. On this one, because it almost looks like some of it could have been the purple loof strife, because I see those long narrow leaves there. It but does then, on the flower, but the leaves are almost a rosette. I it's in with yarrow and a lot of other wild plantings. I'm gonna I'm gonna run it through my plant ID app and see if I can figure it out. All right, but right now we're gonna go to Gail. Good morning, Gail. Hi. How can we help you? How do you catch squirrels? <laughs> uh oh! Okay. You don't have a dog, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I wanted to phone because the lady that had phoned in and said she didn't have any blossoms on her Nanking cherries. Yeah. I don't either because the squirrels have gotten in there and they've been eating them all. Mm. They eat the blooms even before they get going. Well, they're coming out, but they've stripped them. That just before I came in to phone you chased another one out of a, you know, a cherry. Yeah. So I don't know, if you sprinkle blood meal or anything like that on, would that help? Um, there's a product called Bobex, and if you use it before they fruit out, it, it, it works really good. It's a really bad-tasting herb-based product. Um, so I would try that, and it, it, it works really well. I don't think I... It, They've taken all the blooms, so I'm not going to get any no, cherries. You yeah, you won't get anything now if they've already taken everything off. Yeah, so if that other lady doesn't have any, if she's got squirrels, she might uh, <laughs> have but, a but, Yeah, and I see that, but I... Because I, normally Nanking gets so many blooms, like they'd have to be on there eating all day. Well, I've had lots of squirrels. And it's been <laughs> going on for over a month. Wow. And I just chased another one out before I phoned you here, so... I went and looked, and there's just nothing left, no blooms at all. So Yeah, well, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, so try Bob X. I know it works really well. All right. And uh, give that a shot. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Hi there. Hey, how can we help you? So my question is, we just moved into a new property, and I cut down a dying juniper tree. Okay. And we just took it right down to the earth, uh, left the stump in, and we were looking to plant a new muckle plum tree that we got as a housewarming gift. Yeah. And I was wondering if I have to get rid of that stump if I want to plant that tree in kind of the same general area, or if I can leave it, how far do I have to plant that tree away from that stump? It's not really how far. It's just more for the digging process. Um because to me, if there's a stump there, but if you can dig a hole within two or three feet, you're totally fine. Okay, so I don't have to worry about getting all the roots out of there. Or no, the no, out. it just it's normally just for planting is when the the root is in the way. Um, and typically, with a bigger upright juniper, depends how big it was. Typically, the roots yeah. aren't a huge issue. Yeah, but, it was about it was about thirteen to fifteen feet. It oh, was really? quite big. It's just it was dying. Yeah, no. So, but you'll probably have a fairly good root structure around it. Um, so if you if you if you get it right down there, and it's just aesthetically having the stump sticking out, and uh, and dealing with that, you can get it ground out. But basically, if you can dig a hole within four or five feet or three feet, you're totally fine to plant your muckle palm. 
Okay, great. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Take care. Love muckle plums. They're beautiful. Those beautiful showy flowers in the spring. Absolutely. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good, good. How are you? How can we help you? Well, we have an issue. We have a grand dog that we babysit once a year or twice a year in the wintertime, and it does its thing on our grass. Yeah, it leaves you a little present in the spring. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. the presents are okay, but it's the dead spots from from the, the urine, the peeing. Yes. Um. Years ago, I was told or I heard that somebody said on a garden show that if you watered that with a little bit of baking soda and water, you neutralize the acid, and then the, the grass would grow back. You seed it, and the grass would grow back. But I've got some spots that nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really heard the baking soda. I know we do have a product called Dog Spot Prevent um, that we, when you use it where the dog goes, it neutralizes. You have, but you have to apply it three times a year. Um, so for your application, you'd maybe pl- apply it in the fall um, if, if the dog goes in a certain area in your yard, and then that way it's covered because you don't have the dog year-round. So, But typically, if you're getting the proper coverage, if you had a dog year-round, you'd do it three times a year. But with you, I would just probably do it in the fall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just putting some grass, breaking up the soil, putting some grass seed and, gr- and dirt on top won't really solve the problem. No, it'll grow back there as well. Again, and I don't want to sound like I just plug my, but if you're using our fertilizer too, it makes a big difference. The green it up fertilizer with the high middle number, it's the only fertilizer that has the higher middle number. So for it recovers way quicker and, and those dog spots disappear really fast because you're, you have a good healthy root system. Yeah. And, and Kentucky bluegrass, which is 95, 99% of the grass that we have in Calgary, um, is quite an invasive species of grass. So if it's growing nice and healthy, it takes over. It chokes out weeds. It'll choke out a lot of stuff, and it'll fill in those bare patches quite quickly. Okay. But if you need to fill them in, definitely do what you said. Scratch it really good. Put down um, some sort of peat moss or some sort of soil, um, cocoa moss, some grass seed, and water it, and it'll just it'll it'll grow in that spot as well. Okay. Very good. Alrighty. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk More Canadian Gardening. <laughs> and a little Kim Mitchell, More Canadian Rock. <laughs> and I got one here. Good morning. Just wondering if I should prune these back to where the leaves begin or give them a shot of fertilizer. Um, and what they are, are they, those look like blue fox willows. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had the same issue and I've seen a lot of those die back. I would take it right down to the ground and just let it grow fresh from the bottom. Um, that's what I did in my yard. I just went down to like six inches. They were like seven, eight feet high, so a little bit taller than yours there. But I did that, and they're just starting to push out. I did it about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and now they're starting to push from the bottom. Typically, I'd prefer to have done it early, early spring, but mm-hmm. unfortunately... But willow grows so fast, right? Like willow yeah, are... Yeah, they'll fill right in. Yep, and, especially keep keep them watered, keep their roots kind of damp. Willows love that, and they'll pop right back up And again. blue fox is one that it, it sometimes will die back like that, like a spirea typically, mm-hmm. and there's yeah, no... Lots of woody, no leaves growing. It's kind of struggling. It yeah. loves that It loves that buzz cut when you can rejuvenate yep. Yep. back like that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phone line. And we're going to go to Robin. Good morning, Robin. Well, good morning there, you guys. How are you doing? Good, you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. I'm finally getting some nice weather. But I've got uh, one of these little raised gardens, and I had uh, planted some beans in there, and they were doing just amazing, but now they've got big uh, elephant ear kind of things, and they're all drying up. They're, They're turning crispy on the outside, and they get kind of a rusty uh, yellow or mildewy thing in the middle of the leaf and I've been picking them off but I haven't got many more to pick off are you so. um are you overhead watering or are you getting are you using a sprinkler or how does how does it get watered well I haven't been watering it too much because we've had so much rain yeah and and it it pools in there you know because it's quite mm. small it's not that big so it pools in there and it tends to pool on that end and I think it's just had too much water it sounds like you're getting a bit of mildew like powdery yeah. mildew on there and when sometimes when you get the big big leaves like that those are the ones that tend to get it and especially the beans have a little bit of fuzz on the leaf Mm -hmm. and if it gets a little bit moisture underneath there and it's a bit shadier you'll get that powdery mildew on there Hmm. so there isn't much i can do with it then Um, do i leave it or just not water it should it come back or yeah, I would. They, they're a fairly heavy feeder as well when they get those big leaves, but it sounds like you maybe have a high nitrogen. I would feed it more like with a 15, 30, 15, just try and get a little bit different growth going on it. I've been I've been giving it pure spray green. Yeah, that. Not no no sorry. Uh, the other one. Uh, it, Rage plus. It, Rage plus. Yeah. Yeah, which is great, but again, I think I'd probably balance it out with a bit more of a of a lower first number. Which the Rage plus doesn't have a huge first number, but I'm, mm-hmm. this, it sounds like you're getting lots of upgrowth and not enough of the fruit flower production. Mm-hmm. So I would switch to a fifteen thirty fifteen. Fifteen thirty fifteen. That's correct. All right. So, but just water, you know, water it. it like, I'm really confused about how much water to give it here again, now. Because- I would, and again, I'd switch if you could get a small soaker hose. Like we have these hoses; they're, they're, they look like a leaky hose. Yeah, I've the, got one of those. Perfect. Use that. Put that underneath there. Water that way, mm-hmm. and move it from row to row, and you should be good. And then fertilize after you water. All right, then. I'll try that. All righty. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks you, Robin. and hopefully Happy the sun Canada will stay. Day. You too. Absolutely. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And hopefully now we're going to get some heat to our summer. Yes, but keep a lookout. Robin has a good point. Keep a lookout. We've got, I mean, we have all had a lot of rain, so there's a lot of splashback. There's a lot of moisture in the air. We might be looking at sort of weird air circulation, so people might start calling in with lots of powdery mildew questions. Um, and you'll see that from honeysuckle to bee balm to your squash plants. You'll just see it all over the garden. So it's just as the name sounds, powdery mildew, sort of white fuzz. Yeah. Um, yeah. But pure spray green works well. It shows well. up so quick too, eh? Yeah, like there's some home remedies, right? But I think for the most part, just stay on top. Do some do some early morning watering. Try to keep it off the leaves. Um, good air circulation, so don't crowd your plants. Yeah, you should be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And then if you do get um, some of that foliage that does have the powdery mildew on it, go ahead and just destroy it. So go ahead and put it in your garbage or your city compost bin. Don't don't home compost that because you'll just be stre- spreading that fungus around. All right. And we're going to uh, spread some commercials. We're going to go for a break. <laughs> You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we're going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Holly. Good morning, Holly. 
Good morning. How's it going? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. Well, my husband just bought, um, got me a nice big garden bed that he built. Nice. And I'm just curious about the best kind of soil because I hear you have to have the right mix of Absolutely. compost and this. So. What are you, you going to grow? Uh, veggies, okay. lettuce, um, just basics. Yeah, give it a try. I don't how I big don't, a, How tried. big of an area is it? It's about like a seven by three. Okay, I would just, um, our spruce it up all-purpose planter box mix mm-hmm. um, works awesome for that. For a small container, like that's fairly large container, but I'd get a few bags of that in there. It would work perfect. Okay. So how about how much mix do I need for something like that? Um, so how Probably deep is it? Probably a yard and a half. A yard? Seven yeah. feet. Oh, yeah, how deep? Uh, how deep is it? Well, I've got like three boards, so 18, but I can go. Yeah. Like we made it deep just in case I wanted yeah, so you, you to try and get ambitious and do carrots and things. Yeah, so you could even get uh, a mix of the three-in-one mix. So maybe get four, four or five bags of the three-in-one and then three or four bags of the spruce it up all-purpose mix. Uh, mix them together. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and I just, I just know it works so well because I know Joanna just did the segment on global yeah. TV for me. I, I was love away. veggie gardening. Every, I have some tips too for you. When, every every yeah. Wednesday we do a segment on global uh, spruce that patio that we've done with uh, yeah. Leslie Horton. And okay. uh, it's one of the first times I've grown a bit more in a raised total bed like this. And it is growing phenomenally. And, and we just used it our spruce It made me jealous. Yeah. <laughs> she went, honestly, it, it looks so good. It's like, so I'm just, lush and green and ready to be, like, you can be, I was like, you guys got to pick this. There's enough chard in there to feed everybody. Yeah. Wow, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but that's what we used there. And I did mix in um, a little bit of the Groundskeeper's Pride, the 834. It's a soil fertilizer. Like, it's a granule that I mixed right into the soil right before we planted. So I prepared the soil with good soil and then mm-hmm. I added some fertilizer in there because they become heavy feeders. And when you're in a container gardening, it can use up its its food fairly quickly. So to ensure that you're going to get good growth, um, make sure you're doing lots of good feeding. And yep. it um, it's worked out really, really well. So do I have to like line the bed at all with... Um no landscape fabric or anything no, like that. You, you, you or? Well, what's it like I'm starting from ground scratch, so nothing's mm-hmm. in it. It's oh. empty. I can build it however I want. And it's so. not sitting on your existing lawn or anything like well, that. Well, my hubby thought gravel would be good to put. No, it, there was just a, a dirt pile back there. So yeah, really, it's totally it's pretty fine. Fresh, just right on so. top of that is totally fine. You could yep. even turn that bit over, like go a shovel depth, turn all that over inside the bed, like in the ground. Well, that's hard when I have some gravel there. On there now. Oh, it's gravel. gravel on top. You oh, just do it okay. on top for drainage because okay, the yeah. problem is, like the last person that you were talking to, that's the problem I have. It's like I don't want the water to sit there and then moldy, no, mildewy stuff, and that's like the drainage thing. I'm and that's why that this too. soil is so important because it's, ah, it's, it's a soilless mix. It has really good drainage. Um, mm-hmm. You'll be very happy with it. Okay, yeah. that sounds good. And you and don't you have said, to. Sorry, sorry um, you don't have to feel like you have to fill your bed up all the way this first season. So um, I've been veggie gardening in Calgary and loving it uh, for a while now. And um, just to save money, I have same. I have three boards high on my bed, so it's about eighteen inches tall. Okay. Um, and I just made sure I had enough to grow. I mean, just think about the length of a carrot, and you know, some, yeah. some beets mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and so I had, I put in that much the first season. And then the second season, I collected a bunch of deciduous leaves. So like ash and willow and some poplar here and there. Um, and I went ahead and turned all my soil under with those leaves underneath to help kind of compost yeah, in yeah. place and light, mm-hmm. lighten up the soil a little bit. 
Um, so a little bit Good of idea. organic matter, just composting in place. Um, not too intense, though, because you want it all to be ready for next spring. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I'm a little too late now, for sure. Yeah, but you can do okay. lots this fall. You yeah, do- and you can still do lots of... Oh, and, yeah. And seed spinach in there in the fall, like late yep. fall, like in September, October, yep. seed your spinach in there. And then early, early spring, you're going to get this crisp, green, beautiful Amazing. spinach come yeah. out early, early spring. It's winter sowing. And I've sowing. heard that garlic, you can put garlic, garlic in fall, it. Fall's yeah. the best. Yep, fall's the mm-hmm. best for your garlic. If your bed was all done and built, like, in the next week, you could still be growing Lots lettuces. You could be growing um, some quick things like radishes, herbs. Um, pick up some seedlings that are all starting to go on sale now. I know, there's some in. great deals. Yeah, yeah okay. no, actually all our veggies are buy more, save more, and 50% off, basically, okay. so. Yeah. So I have to come visit you, is basically yeah. what you're saying. Awesome. <laughs> come see us. Look forward to it. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. And you said I have, you have some gardening tips to give me for veggies. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, just I'm... one would be to not, not fill up your soil, your planter too full, and then just focus on some really good, healthy additions of organic matter, um, nice, light, fluffy stuff, even sometimes like dried uh, grass clippings, as long as they haven't been treated with anything when they were in your lawn. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of dig them in and layer them so that the soil just ends up being really nice and fluffy. So when your nice. new seedlings do come through, they don't have to work too hard. They just can pop right up. Yeah, and, they can pop and right go up. sunshine. Yay! Yep. But okay. for the first season, just stick with the good fresh yes. soil that you're starting with. Like yep. if you're going to use the bag material, just stick with that for the first year. And then as you grow, you can start adding different amendments to your soil. Okay, and is the gravel base a good thing to have absolutely. or not? Absolutely, it doesn't hurt. Yes? No, it doesn't okay. hurt at all. No, nope, awesome. absolutely. Okay, well, I will go from there. You have a great, hobby, sure do, you have a great you hobby doing a great job. So. <laughs> I know, awesome. <laughs> there you okay, go. Okay, thank you so much. You're thank welcome. you, your help. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Yeah, no, I am, uh, I, I was... Uh, I knew we. I haven't done a lot of continuous gardening for a while, like in in a raised bed like that. Mm. We've we've set people up. You do them. You They're see big things. planters. Ultimately, like yeah, you, you we can get kinda, them made. We yeah. had them made. Um, we have a local craftsman who builds our birdhouses. They're beautiful. And these, they're like a big veggie um, trough. Um, with legs raised and off the shelf. ground. If and, you're in a wheelchair or with a walker, you can get right up to it without worrying about back pain. Super accessible. No, and they. Um, for yeah, everything's growing so good. I know, and you did the segment this week with with, yeah, uh, with Leslie, with Leslie, and you can catch all those on our Facebook page and on Global's page as well. But it's been uh, it's been quite fun, and every week we're doing it all the way through the summer. Yeah, so you can catch it Stay on tuned. on Wednesday and uh, and Wednesdays we typically around eight o'clock. We always do a, a fun segment, and uh, but it's been growing so good, and the swish it makes you feel like just eating that stuff. Though it's so good. Eh? There is a squash plant that already has three squash on it. I don't know how like it's. It looks like a seedling, but yeah. there's, then you lift these big, beautiful leaves, and there's all these little. But baby what I did do is I fed lots of like I'm doing the middle number, right? I'm mm-hmm. not doing super big growth. You're focusing on roots right now, yeah. So the plants are healthy, and they'll per- everything else will follow. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So let's go. We got one more here. We can do Richard. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. How, How can we help you? And happy Canada Day. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I tried growing cucumbers, and my doggone cucumber. Uh, Seeds they didn't uh, didn't sprout they didn't come up uh, maybe oh I probably put in like thirty seeds and I got maybe three or four up wow so I went out and I I tried to get some plants and of course it was pretty late but I did find one a big one 
But yeah. the problem is, yeah, it's, I guess it's that mildew that is on the leaves. Yeah, powdery mildew. So pure spray green works really well on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, can I get, like, I, I don't live in Calgary. You know, can't get out to your place. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. If you hit a garden center, ask for a fungicide. There's also Bordeaux. There's a few different fungicides that you can use. But I'd go to a, your closest local garden center and talk to them and yeah. mm-hmm. and get them to set you up. I know sometimes Safers has a, a product they offer for powdery mildew as well. So you might be. And what's that? Safers, Safers brand. It's a brand of uh, of oh, okay. uh, of gardening so I, products. I, I want something for powdery mildew. Yeah, yep. yep. Just yep. chat with, and I said I'd recommend going to a a, a local with home gardens. hardware or Home Depot have something like that. Yes and no, but depends on which one. But sometimes just getting the proper advice. So yeah, um, some of them yeah, are very that's good. The yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> recommending if you can go to an Independent Garden Center Absolutely. and support them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Alrighty. Good. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Bye bye. All right, that's it for today. Thank you, Joanna. What a beautiful show. Absolutely. Thanks, and thanks everyone for to listening. everybody. Thank you, Brian, for all the great tunes. <laughs> yeah. Happy Canada Day. Enjoy. We're blessed here, so enjoy yep. it. And uh, let's not forget it. Till next week, <laughs> 770 CHQR.